This is Trinity Western University's Chapel Podcast, where our daily chapel gatherings are captured and shared for the TWU community. Whatever your day looks like today, we're glad you're tuning in. So good to see you all this morning. Uh, we're just continuing on in uh, what we had yesterday, which is a guest speaker. Uh, she's someone, as I mentioned yesterday, who's near and dear uh, to my heart. And I know uh, for Dr. Husbands, it's a pleasure to have her here. She graduated from Hope College in a small town called Holland in Michigan. And she graduated there in 2017. She's a writer. Uh, she does things like this, going around to different places and sharing her gifts. Uh, she's the author of a book called 52 Cups of Coffee. It's actually a book not about coffee. It's a devotional uh, for every day of, or every week of the year, rather, where you can kind of dive into your relationship with God. So would you please put your hands together to welcome Natalie Allison Brown. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you all again today. Um, and I'm excited to get the opportunity to share a little bit more of my personal story with you all. Um, and something that is true of me is that I am the oldest sister of four girls. And so when I was younger, I always wanted an older sister. And when I went to college, the Lord gave me one. And it happens to be James' wife, Renata. And today is actually her birthday, so I was wondering if we, don't shoot me, Renata, but I was wondering if we could sing happy birthday to her today. So, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, dear Renata, happy birthday to you, happy birthday. <laughs> I heard some harmonies coming from over here. That was beautiful. Um, let's start with a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you so much for today, for the opportunity to celebrate life and the gift that it is. I thank you, God, for the opportunity to dive further into our stories. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this opportunity to share more of my story. I pray that you will speak within it to and through me, and I pray that you will speak to and through each person here. I give you thanks and praise in advance. Amen. So I want to begin my time today by reading an excerpt from the book that James mentioned, 52 Cups of Coffee. And what I'm going to read is something that I wrote before I was really taking writing seriously. It's something that I wrote before I even knew that 52 Cups of Coffee would be a thing. Um, and this is a word that I felt the Lord gave me actually while I was sitting in a church service. I kind of, my head and my heart weren't in the right space at the time. And all of a sudden, the church bulletin that was standing in front of me, I just took it out and started writing on it, and these were the words that came out. I wonder if God wants to write a story in each of us, and maybe he wants to take his pen boldly to the blank page before him. I wonder, however, if along the way we grab a pencil of our own, found in our desire for control and the perception that we have it. Do we then take this pencil and etch in miscellaneous details along with God's good handiwork in an attempt to alter or change our story in its entirety? Perhaps God sees our subtle and loud attempts and flashes a longing smile, a smile that encapsulates, oh my child, if only you knew where I was going with that line. But maybe he doesn't take the pencil from us, viciously erasing what we wrote. 
Maybe swiftly, gently, and all at once, he continues to write a beautiful story amidst the things we have written, even the character additions and plot development we have tried to include on our own. But what if we chose to drop our pencil and read the story God intended and continues to write? What if we chose to take a step back and trust the author of life, resting in and admiring each stroke of his pen, all the while in hopeful anticipation of where he will take it next? What if we chose to simply read the story he is writing? Today, I want to talk to you guys about a portion of my life story, both the moments where I feel like God has been writing in pen and the moments where I've tried to take the pencil and do my own thing. Um, and when I was a little girl, I was very bold and passionate and fairly unapologetic. I jokingly tell people that I was a mini evangelist in the making. I grew up in a Christian household, and because my parents were such strong believers in their faith, I witnessed the love and character of God at a very early age, and I was really excited. And so when I was, you know, five or six years old, I would write these, or not write, but create these little sermons and practice them for my grandparents. I would lay hands on the people in my family that were in need, and I would even go to the park in our neighborhood, and I would witness to <laughs> the kids and the parents there. And I laugh when I think about this little girl because for so many years she looked nothing like me. As I entered into my teenage years and the early years of my adulthood, I willingly exchanged conviction for comfort. I decided that my voice wasn't needed in the midst of the noise of the culture. And so I told God and I told myself that I wasn't enough. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't beautiful enough to be used by God for what he wanted to do in my life. And so it's in moments like these where I take a step back as I look at this audience and I see myself proclaiming the good news of Christ and I want to quote James the III and say, won't he do it? It is crazy to me that God has brought me back to this place of boldly proclaiming his name and I'm so grateful. See, something that I've realized is that God, yes, he's always writing a story, but his will will be done in our lives. Sometimes he's just willing for, he's just waiting for our willing participation. When I look at this moment with all of you, I feel like this was a God writing in pen moment. I feel like God always intended for me to boldly be a storyteller, but he was waiting for me to drop my pencil and watch the story he was writing. See, at some point in all of our faith journeys, we have to make a conscientious choice to trust God. We have to be willing to step outside of our comfort zone and see what he wants to do in our lives. And when I say trust, I don't just mean, you know, one eye closed, one eye open, hand on our heart like I trust you, God. I mean open palm surrender to the will of God for our lives. I call these moments our out-of-boat experience. I like to think of it as stepping outside of the realm of your own comfort and into the realm of what God wants to do to and through you. And one of the ways I've come to understand this concept is through the life of Peter. If you were here yesterday, you know that I love Peter. <laughs> he, his boldness inspires me. His audacity moves me. And I love the way that he is drawn into some beautiful moments and encounters with the Lord because of it. So our text today is the story where Peter walks on water. It's found in Matthew 14, verses 22 through 36. And the context is that a beautiful miracle has just happened. You know, Jesus has just fed the multitudes with five loaves and two, and two fish, and this is what happens. It says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. 
When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind and waves, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. There's so much that we can unpack from this story. It's one of my favorite Bible stories. But today I want to look at two specific things. Peter's request and Jesus' response. I love that out of all of the disciples in the boat, Peter was the one that said, Lord, I want to have a closer experience with you. I want to be closer to you. So he calls out to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And so Jesus just says, come. And did you catch that? Jesus just says, come. There's no additional instruction or explanation. Jesus just says, come. It's not come, Peter, but make sure the boat has fallen close behind you. It's not come, Peter, but watch out for those waves on your left. It's not even come, Peter, but make sure you bring your life jacket. No, Jesus just says come. And sometimes this same experience is true of our own lives. Sometimes Jesus just gives us just enough direction to take the next step. Nothing more, nothing less. I love that Jesus just says come because to me it demonstrates a confidence in his sovereignty. He knows that he is enough for Peter and it's almost as if he's asking him, just trust me. Just trust me to know that when you take the next step, I'll be there, right there waiting for you, no matter what comes next. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to have a master plan. <laughs> like, I'm one of those people where I'm like, okay, God, I'll trust you, but I'd like to know where we're going, how long it's going to take there, who's coming with me, what are we going to do, what we're, when we're going to get there, and what are we doing after. But unfortunately, or maybe I should say fortunately, life doesn't really work like this. There's this popular song by Hillsong that talks about our out-of-boat experiences. I'm sure many of you guys have heard it before. It's called Oceans. And there's this line within the song where it says, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. If I can be honest with you all this morning, I went through a period in college where I told myself I was not going to sing this song again because I started listening to the lyrics and I had an honest moment with myself and I said, Natalie, do you actually want this? Do you want to be led to a place in your life where you can do nothing but trust God? Do you want to get to a place where that's all you can do? There's no safety nets. You're just out. It's just you and him. I think that's a question we all have to ask ourselves because that is the life that God calls us into, a life where it's just us walking towards him, trusting him with the realm, within the realm of our understanding and outside of the realm of our understanding. See, but then the lyrics get a little bit deeper. Though I looked at the first part, take me where my trust is without borders, I didn't really process what comes next. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. 
See, trust without borders is not for the faint of heart, and yet it is in that space that true transformation occurs. I see it in the life of Peter, and I've also seen it in my own life as well. I want to be practical with you all this morning, and I think that that requires me to be a little bit more vulnerable. And so I want to share um, a story, I guess, that I haven't really shared publicly, and I haven't even really talked about that much privately, just because it's hard for me to explain sometimes. But about three years ago, I was a recent college graduate, and I was living in Washington, D.C. I was doing an internship with a nonprofit that was focused on social justice issues through a Christ-centered perspective. And it was one of the most beautiful and difficult experiences of my life for many reasons. But one of those reasons is that I found myself constantly and daily facing the brokenness of this world. And I was facing my own brokenness, I was facing the brokenness of those around me, and I was facing the collective brokenness that we as people face just being humans in a world tainted by sin. And I found myself getting overwhelmed every single day, kind of coming home and being like, Lord, <laughs> what am I supposed to do about this? And one day I had a moment where I just said, God, I feel like my hands are too small. I was trying to articulate to the Lord that I felt inadequate to, to keep participating in what he was doing here on earth. And so I had this moment where I felt the Lord distinctly speak to my spirit and say, Natalie, I'm not calling you to save the world. Natalie, I'm not calling you to save the world. I'm inviting you to share about the one who did. And I began to listen to that voice and pay attention to it. I began to quiet my heart so I could hear more of what it was telling me, reading the word, praying, entering into community, and kind of sharing these thoughts with people. And I felt God begin to give me a vision of what was coming next. And when I say vision, I don't mean I was, you know, passed out on the floor and I saw this image of something, but I just mean I felt God begin to speak to my heart about what he was calling me to do next, the ways he wanted me to step out of the boat. And one of those ways was returning home after I finished my internship and self-publishing this book, 52 Cups of Coffee. And I kind of just felt God invite me to give him the next three years of my life, to do the work of writing this book and trust him with the rest. And it was beautiful and exciting, but also scary. I could tell that there was a sense of becoming more public in my ministry, becoming more public with storytelling that was on the horizon. And I have to be honest with you all this morning, the stage is not just my most comfortable place. It is an honor and a joy for me, but it's definitely one of those spaces where I feel the most dependent on Jesus. And I think that's exactly what he wanted from me. I think that's exactly what he wants from us, to step outside of the boat into a realm where we can do nothing but look at him and say, okay, God, please show me how to take the next step. And so that's what I did, and that's what I am doing still. And so I say this because I'm not telling you this story as someone who's on the other side of her out-of-boat experience. I'm telling you this as someone who is still currently walking on the waves trying to get towards Jesus. But it's been beautiful, even in all of its complexity. See, one of the things that I love about this story with Peter is that he doesn't get things perfectly. You know, even though he takes the giant leap and he steps out of the boat, when he sees the wind and waves, he still gets scared. He still begins to speak. But even there, and especially there, Jesus shows him that he is right there with him, reaching out his hand, ready to guide him. And God has been doing the same in my own life. Even in my moment of fear and insecurity and doubt, he reminds me, I'm right here. I believe he wants to do the same for each and every one of you.
I said it yesterday, but I want to say it again today. God is writing a story in each of our lives. As I look at my own story, I could have never imagined that I would be someone that would fly to Canada and get to speak with an amazing group of people like you all. That's just not what I would have thought I would be doing. And yet it is such a joy, it's such an honor, and it's such a privilege because I know that this is the work that God has invited me into. It's the work that he's been calling me into. And so sometimes in moments like this, I think about the little girl that I was, and I feel like she still speaks to me. I feel like God uses my past experiences to remind me that this was the story he was always writing in pen for me. I just had to step outside of the boat. I just had to be willing to allow myself to see it. I can't tell you today what stepping outside of the boat will be for you, but I trust that the Holy Spirit is going to guide you. Um, one of the things that I've really loved these past two days is that before I get up here, uh, you have a team of people that asked to pray with me, or a team of people that asked if they could pray with me. And honestly, wherever you guys are sitting, that was really such a blessing to me and an encouragement to my heart. Um, but today someone asked me, well, what from the message can we pray about? And I told them this. I said, pray that each and every person will get a word from the Holy Spirit about how they are being called to step out of the boat. See, I believe God has a task for each and every one of us to continue to participate in the work that God is doing through the church. And sometimes we just have to listen. We have to wait to hear his come to me. And we have to be willing to just step out and do it. I know that God is calling each of you into something amazing. So will you step out and be willing to listen? As you prepare to enter into the rest of your day, I kind of want to leave you with one more thing because I think sometimes when we hear messages like this, it's easy to want to rush or to strive into something. Okay, Lord, fine, I'll step out of the boat. Just tell me what to do and I'll go do it. But I think that sometimes it's not about rushing to where we think that God is. It's waiting to hear where God is calling us to. And so I want to conclude by reading one of my favorite poems for you. It's also a poem that I put in this book. I didn't write it. Um, it's called Patient Trust. It's by a Jesuit priest. And I'm not going to embarrass myself by mispronouncing his name this morning. So if you want to know who it is, you can come see me after and I'll show you. Um, but <laughs> someone sent me this poem when I was in a season of uncertainty. And it has really become a guiding force in my life when I feel like I need to rush, when I feel like I need to strive, when I feel the wind and waves of my circumstances begin to shake me. I remember that the work of following God is daily participatory work. It's a beautiful rhythm that we are offered into, and this poem reminds me of that. So I want to read it over you all today. It says, Above all, trust in the slow work of God. We are quite naturally impatient in everything to reach the end without delay. See, we should like to skip the intermediate stages. We are impatient of being on the way to something unknown, something new. And yet, it is the law of all progress that it is made by passing through some stages of instability, and that it may take a very long time. And so I think it is with you. Your ideas mature gradually. Let them grow. Let them shape themselves without undue haste. Don't try to force them on as though you could be today what time that is to say, grace and circumstances acting on your own goodwill will make of you tomorrow. Only God could say what this new spirit gradually forming within you will be. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is leading you and accept the anxiety of feeling yourself in suspense and incomplete. When I think about Peter, when I think about myself, when I think about each and every one of us, when we take this moment of stepping out of the boat and onto the water, 
there's this sacred moment that happens where we are forced to step outside of the realm of our own understanding and trust the supernatural power of God to meet us there. It is that power that allows us and enables us to do the impossible, to do things that we never thought we'd do and go places that we never thought we'd go. This is the beauty and the hope that you have waiting for you. And so as you go to do your classes, you go to have a beautiful conversations with your friends and your professors and all of the people that you meet and greet today, my prayer for you is that you'll pay attention to how God is doing that right here, right now, and how he is calling you into that the rest of this day, the rest of this week, the rest of this semester. Can I pray over you? Lord, I pray that your voice will continue to speak to us as we go throughout the rest of this day. I pray that you will show us how you are calling us to step out of the boat and into your presence and how you want to transform us there. God, I thank you so much for this school and the work that you are doing here, the way that you are preparing and equipping the church for such a time as this. So I pray, Lord, that you will encourage the hearts of your people here, empower them to be brave, empower them to face their fears, empower them to step out of the boat and meet you there. And I give you thanks and a praise in advance for the stories that await us. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message has challenged, encouraged, and inspired you as we continue learning and growing together in discipleship to Jesus. Every week, you'll find new chapel messages on our channel from local and international speakers ranging in diverse and engaging topics. So go ahead and subscribe for the latest of what's going on in chapel. Much love and happy listening.